0: Welcome back to the Games Gone Soft podcast. Today, we're giving you some key takeaways that we got from the Liverpool-Man United game. Um, Before we start, I hope you enjoy it.
1: But enjoy it by being fucking disciplined here.
0: So, before we get on to the actual takeaways,
1: Joe, what did you actually think of the game? Um, It's slightly I feel like either team could have won it. Liverpool were in United's face most of the game. But then United are always dangerous on the counter-attack. They had a few chances late on. Pogba had a really good chance, which got saved, as well as Fernandez, as -hmm. well. So I feel throughout the game, I always thought you were more threatening in terms of they had better chances. Because when they counter-attacked, it was mainly just Liverpool's centre-backs that were the only people back. From United actually got through, it was normally a better chance. But obviously Rashford kept getting caught offside first half.
0: Opening 30 minutes, I was just thinking, Jesus, there's a clear gap in quality between these two sides. And I think yeah. on paper, I think there is still, I think Liverpool is still a better side than Man United. But the way we play in these big games is what keeps us in it. Like having McTominay and Fred as much as our as United fan hate having them both in there. I think against a team like Liverpool you like you really need them and I see a lot fernandes getting a lot of hate in in these big games but the way we play it's not it's not conducive to have him having a good performance because he's not rapid but like, yeah if we're trying to hit teams on the counter the only thing he's really going to contribute to that is he's either going to play the pass that sets someone away or he's going to be the person who's running making a late run into the box or something and against liverpool uh I don't know, they were just got numbers back. Well, I
1: thought so. Yeah, I saw today that Fernandez had a pass accuracy of fifty-eight percent. But as you say, that's because they're not—you're not on the ball a lot. So every time he gets it, he's trying to make that killer pass. Yeah. But yeah, I think United did well to hold Liverpool out. I felt Liverpool's front three just didn't look themselves. I thought they all looked awful today. Mm. Like There wasn't a lot of space, but still, they haven't scored in the last three games. Because last season, they're scoring loads.
0: I I was really surprised that um, Eric Bailly didn't start the game.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a weird decision, but obviously it worked out.
0: Just about. Um, Anyway, should we get straight on to our takeaways? Yeah. Well, I've sort of got three to take away from the game. Um, My first one is... Like, like you've been saying and people have been saying that the Premier League this year is shit as in it's worse than it's been the last couple of years but I've kind of before Man City and Liverpool started doing the cra- getting the crazy amount of points they were on it was more like this like teams were getting late 80s to win the league like, like 85 points or more to win the league rather than hitting the 100 mark and I think maybe maybe we're returning to that again
1: I think yeah it is a lot more competitive I think teams are, especially at the top, are a lot worse. Like Liverpool, don't norm like the top teams. But by, by, by the teams at the top, three goals. Yeah, but don't, they don't the normally top. go three games on without scoring. Yeah, but teams at the top, you mean? City and Liverpool. Yeah, but Leicester. I saw heard a stat last night on BT that Leicester last season had seven more points at this stage. bearing in mind we're second well we were second before the United game but we're two points off top and we're seven points worse off
0: I think I was saying it to you during the game as well um, that United under the season where United in the season where United finished second under Mourinho United had two more points than they did before today
1: at the same stage I think I think what you could argue you can't argue that the whole league's better because I think the teams down the bottom aren't any better. But I think the the mid-table area in terms of like Southampton, Everton, Wolves, Leicester are doing well as well, Wolves, West Ham have got a few big results. I feel those sort of teams are the ones taking points off the top teams.
0: But I still think we can't expect every season City or Liverpool to be hitting the 100-point mark because I just don't think that's... Yeah,
1: it's... It's I'm not sure that's realistic. Well, it's more enjoyable for, for most people thinking they don't know who's going to win the league. I'm not mm. enjoying it because United have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> but it is normally you are. Oh, it's Liverpool or Man City the last few years. But if I if I think back to
0: probably United's last title win, or even their title win before that, and City's title win before that,
1: like I can't remember that far.
0: City and United both had like, some dodgy patches in form those seasons. so I'm pretty sure Van Persie went 10 games without a goal or
1: something. Yeah, but, yeah, but if you think all the teams at the top this year, United have beat, been beaten 6-1. Liverpool have been beaten 7-2. Man City have been beaten 5-2. That's, not... that's unusual for teams that one of those teams is going to win the league it's unusual yeah. for a team to win the league and get smashed in the same season.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm not saying that um the team like the top teams aren't getting haven't got worse slightly. I'm just saying we shouldn't be expecting like the 100 point mark to be broken every season from the title winner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And is it more exciting like that? Maybe. Right, well, i hit you with my second takeaway. This relates to the fullbacks and it relates to Aaron Wambasaka versus Luke Shaw. What do you think is more valuable to have on a team? Do you think a Luke Shaw, who's decent defensively a decent in attack, or Aaron Wambersaka, who's unreal defensively and terrible in attack, what do you reckon is more valuable to have on your team?
1: it depends what team you are. I think for a Burnley, you need someone that can defend right. and it doesn't matter about your attack. If you're but if you're challenging for, for top four. If you're challenging for top four in Europe. I think it's better to have a bit of
0: both. I think, or I'd even have someone who's a lot better in attack. I'd rather have someone who's much better in attack and not that great in defence like Trent than I would Aaron wan
1: But you could say it can balance quite nicely if you have one of each. If you have one player that bombs forward a lot and the other sits back a bit and helps defensively, you're never exposed as much because everyone can shuffle across and cover for the player that's bombing forward. But I think, think... Wambasaka he does lack that attacking. You need that when you're playing for a big side. Mm. Being half decent attacking, which I don't think he is.
0: I just think I just think being good in attack is so much more valuable than being like strong defensively. I think having full backs that can pin the opposition wingers back by getting forward and knowing they're an actual threat, that means the whole that means the defence has to account for them. Like Liverpool's defence, realistically, could let wambasaka get as high as he wanted up the pitch. And they'd only have to close yeah. him down when he goes across it. like he's not gonna when he gets close I also to their think, box.
1: Especially when they're young, I think it's easier to teach the defensive side. Most young defenders are like they're positioning slightly off, they make more mistakes. That's easier to correct than teaching someone to be better on the ball than to attack yeah. like less had it with Danny Simpson you, you can't teach him to be good in attack he was awful but defensively he was solid and that's all we needed that season but with a team like United I feel you do need different options going down the flanks
0: but United have nothing on the right
1: well especially when Pogba was out there yeah
0: well, we have nothing on the right regardless of who's out there really
1: yeah, well, yeah, you can play Greenwood there, but yeah, I feel but like Pogba's um, form's been good. You kind of needed to get him in the team somehow.
0: Yeah, but I've seen um, so I see a lot of some United fans slating Luke Shaw. Yeah, and then Aaron Wan-Bissaka seems to get no criticism, but I would probably rather have Luke Shaw in my team than I would Aaron Basaka at the moment, just because. of... was
1: Luke Shaw man the match today.
0: But I'm not just saying. Yeah, I'm he's... not just saying today. I mean because of how little wan Wambasaka offers in attack I think I think he's actually at more of a hindrance than he is a, an asset in your team if you're challenging for the title or top 4
1: I did think at the time when you signed him is it expensive signing for someone that only really had one season in the Premier League and he didn't fully show yeah his attacking side
0: if we'd have paid 20 25 million for Wambasaka have no issue with it if you're paying that for someone who's like solid, like really good defensively, I've got no issue with it. But when you're spending 50 million, you I'll really want, <laughs> really, you really need them to be like good going both ways. So, my third takeaway then relates to more in which the ways in which you'd build a squad. So, obviously, Salah, uh, Firmino, and Mane, you said earlier they didn't really perform that well today. Well, yeah. you didn't think they performed that well today. At what point do you perhaps get rid of one of them for big money, for like the benefit of your side? So then you can bring in some younger, maybe one or two younger players in that position, and regenerate the squad as a whole. Is that like a smarter way to build your squad rather than just running them into the ground and letting them get old?
1: Uh, Yeah, potential. I feel one of them will like Marnie. There's always been a few rumours about him going. Isn't I saw stuff about when going to Barcelona. But that'd be a little free. bit, yeah. It? But I think to be honest, I think Firmino's the one you have to replace.
0: I'd
1: but disagree. then he's
0: you're not getting a, you're not getting that much money for him. No.
1: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He's the one you'd get at least for. But I if think it
0: me, if it were me personally, if I were Liverpool this summer, I'd consider selling Salah. How, is he, how old is he? Twenty eight. You can get if you get like a hundred plus million for him. Bring in a few players in that position, or maybe elsewhere as well. I think that's a, I think that's a smart way to go about building your squad. Like Leicester, sell a big player every summer, pretty much. I'm not saying Liverpool would have to do that because they've got more money than Leicester, but every few years, maybe they should consider selling one of their better players for the, like the health of the overall squad.
1: Even though they don't need to. And Salah, like, are you going to replace all those goals with that money? Like the I amount of goals he gets is ridiculous. Yeah, but I think you can get three
0: or four 30, 40 million players in who are like 23 yeah, years they, old
1: who can contribute towards that. Yeah, but all of them are going to somehow have to fit into the side.
0: I don't think they all do yeah. have to fit into the side.
1: Firmino doesn't... What Firmino's on five goals this year. I was you could replace Firmino with that as well. What's Salah on? Probably 13, 14. I'm not saying saying your team's not going to
0: take a hit from that. I'm not going to say your team's not going to take a hit from that. But I think it's better to get rid of a player a season too early than it is a season too late.
1: Yeah, but if you swung it round and said that for United, oh, you, you should tell Rashford for the health of the team. Yeah, but he's not 28, 29. I know, but even other players, like, it is... Yeah, but Man City—they shouldn't go and sell De Bruyne because at some point his value is going to depreciate. Liverpool aren't desperate for money; they've shown that they, they can buy they not? players. Not in terms of—they rarely sign massive signings anyway. Apart from Van Dijk, most of the other players are between like twenty and forty million.
0: But Klopp was the one and saying the they couldn't go and. Klopp was the one saying they couldn't go and spend Man City sums every summer.
1: Yeah, and they don't. But I think even if they could, they've shown they can turn players like Marne, who was thirty odd mil, wasn't he, into world class players. The mm-hmm. same with people like Wijnaldum. Salah wasn't too expensive. Robertson. So why
0: not? Why not back yourself to sell Salah by two and three players? Would you? Would you not back Klopp to do that again with two or three more players for around 30, 40 million?
1: You could potentially, but. I just don't think he needs to. But if one... I just think it's a risky tactic and when would you sell them?
0: Well, Salah, Salah's contract, how long has he got left? I think it's two years after this. And I'm pretty sure there's questions over whether he wants to join Madrid.
1: And do you want to be seen as a club again that sells their big players? Like Suarez, like Coutinho? If it, I think it'd
0: help to keep them at the top, personally. Do so you reckon you're going to see a lot more teams? They're going to... They're going to be building a squad to get them to the title. Then they're going to be dropping off again, wholesale changes, back to the top again. I reckon that's just, that's the cycle which football teams will go through, like the top four, six teams will go through.
1: And and I feel you kind of have to plan ahead with it in terms of, if you sell Salah for £120 and then start trying to sell players, buy players, they're going to, bump up their prices because they know you've got 120 million now.
0: But that's why you, you have see, to be that's that's why you have to be smart in your recruitment.
1: Yeah, but that's not always easy because you normally have to look abroad and then there's a settle in time. Mm. So they might miss those goals in the first six months to a year because those new players are settling in. Whereas Salah's you know he'll perform every year.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying they wouldn't take a a hit to start with, but would you not still back Klopp to turn those 30, 40 million players take it in? Like, say they got in three of them, would you not back him to then turn them? Like Yotas arrived
1: and looked you, unreal. But then you've got that year where you potentially won't do anything. Whereas yeah. Liverpool, yeah, they've dropped off slightly, but they're still in with a very good shot to win the title you could say they would be at the top if they didn't have their defensive injuries. They're missing the best player.
0: But is that not, taking that hit for that year or two, is that not better than having a a far bigger drop-off for a while and then making a big comeback and then dropping off again? Whereas I think, is that not a better way to keep regenerating your squad and keep challenging? And challenge more consistently?
1: They're not... They were always going to drop off.
0: I'm because saying get not, rid of.
1: They weren't going to win the title by 20 points again. But I'm tr- I'm saying
0: sell him a season earlier, the season too late.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't know whether, yeah, you need to sell him.
0: I'm just, I'm just suggesting a way of like building a squad, really, rather than. That was one, just one of my takeaways from it. What I was thinking with the front, with the front three not performing as they normally would, maybe for Firmino, yeah. it's already too late to sell him now, but. If you could have recouped some money for him, like a large amount of money for him before, and then reinvested that somewhere else, maybe Liverpool have that's an even better spot.
1: But it might also show like how much they're missing Fabinho and Henderson in midfield, because they're having to drop back. They weren't as good as stopping United's counter-attack because they didn't have Fabinho in midfield. They're yeah. Thiago and Wijnaldum, who aren't known for their defensive abilities.
0: That's fair. Enough. Do, you, do you have any takeaways? No. I think
1: I've covered curry last night, but that's it.
0: All <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> that's everything. I think that's everything, guys. So, um, if you haven't already, go check out our Instagram, our Twitter, our TikTok. You'll see all our memes on there. Yeah. Thank you very much for watching the video. We'll see you next time.